Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. How do we walk the path of faith? How do we keep faith? We're looking at Hebrews chapter 11. We've talked about Noah. We're constantly now talking about Abraham, uh, Colin. Such an example. We saw yesterday uh, in verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died, that faith is a way of life. And I explained that yesterday. And then we read, they did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Now, um, let me try to make this real for us today. Um, Ever since uh, it was planted, I've overseen uh, Kingdom Faith. That's the name of our church, Bible college ministry, every aspect. Kingdom faith. Now, God has made some great and wonderful promises over the way in which he's going to use kingdom faith. I've seen some of those promises fulfilled, and yet there are many others that are yet to be fulfilled. Now, some of these promises were given when the ministry is very small. It was just myself and a few people that were supporting me in my ministry. However, the promises were not just to me, but to what God was going to do through Kingdom Faith. Kingdom Faith has grown and expanded and is now a ministry with national and international um, repercussions. So the promises now that are still to be fulfilled are promises that are over a much bigger group of people than when they were first made. I mean, there have been other promises given along the way, you understand. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've got to the point now where I'm passing responsibility or have passed responsibility for the congregation and several aspects of kingdom faith over to other people. I'm still sort of apostolically overseeing the work, but more and more people are being raised up. And some of these promises are of such a nature, they might well not be fulfilled in my lifetime here on earth. Now, I realize that, um, but they will be fulfilled. They will be fulfilled through those who have taken up the mantle of kingdom faith or the leadership of kingdom faith. They inherit the promises that were given to me, and, of course, they receive new and fresh promises from God. But every promise that God ever gives is fulfilled. And, you know, then there's another generation that is being raised up under them, and they too will inherit the the promises, that the promises will be passed down from one generation of kingdom faith to another until everything that God has promised has been fulfilled. And what keeps that hope alive in you? Knowing the faithfulness of God knowing that so many of the promises that he's given have already been fulfilled, and therefore those that are yet to be seen, they also will be fulfilled because it's the same God of faithfulness who has given all these promises. So what Abraham understood is that not all the promises that were given to him would be fulfilled in his lifetime, that there was a generational thing, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob became Israel, 
the promises passed down from generation to generation. And um, we, we need to understand that what God has promised to his church will only be fulfilled fully and finally when Jesus Christ comes again. But since the church began on the day of Pentecost, after Jesus' resurrection, those promises have been passed down from one generation. I mean, that's, that's lots of generations, isn't it, uh, in the last 2,000 years. But those, we still live in the good of those promises now. We still live in the good of the promise that Jesus Christ will come again. Because when God has given a promise, he never revokes it. If he says he will do something, he will do it. And, of course, a lot of the promises that God gives uh, are linked with conditions. So we will only see those promises fulfilled when the conditions are fulfilled. You know, God often says, if you do this, then I'll do that. So he's not going to do that which he has promised until we do this that he has commanded. So, you know, there can be many factors, but the important thing is to understand that God is always faithful and he will always fulfill his word. Abraham, therefore, had to walk step by step in these promises. He saw his son Isaac born. He had to do a lot of waiting, didn't he? He did, but you know, one of the remarkable things about Abraham is referred to in, in, uh, in verse 17. Uh, if you are a person of faith, like Abraham, you have an eternal dimension to your thinking. You know that um, as God, by his grace, enables you to walk with him through this life, there is a greater life that is to come when we will be able to enjoy all the glory of God without all the restrictions of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. But Abraham knew that all these promises would have to pass to generation. I mean, just remember, he's an old man now. I mean, he was, I was 100 when Isaac was born, and he's getting older every year after that. And sometime when Isaac would have been in his teens probably about 70, you know, it's difficult for us to be exactly sure from Scripture. Um, but he, he would have been a teenager. Uh, God hears Abraham, or rather Abraham hears God again, saying, get up and go to a place of his appointing, Mount Moriah, and sacrifice your son Isaac. Now, just remember, this son Isaac is the child of promise, through whom God has said the promises are going to be fulfilled. Not all the promises are going to be fulfilled in Abraham's lifetime, but they will be fulfilled through Isaac and through his descendants. Um, so Abraham hears God saying, go and sacrifice Isaac. Let's just read what the scripture says. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, and that's what the Old Testament scripture says, that God was putting a test. Even, I mean, if we imagine that Abraham was about 115, 117, he's persevered with faith for 25 years, believing that he would have Isaac. God is still testing his faith, even as an old man. And, and he, he said, 
go and offer your son as a sacrifice. So the scripture says, he who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Now, verse 19 is important, you see, because this is, this is the man of faith. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. Now, Abraham had never seen the dead raised, but he reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now, what's all this about? Well, you see, Abraham thought, the promises that God has given me have got to be fulfilled through Isaac. So if God is telling me to kill Isaac, then God will have to raise him from the dead. Otherwise, the promises couldn't be fulfilled through Isaac. So Abraham reasoned. I mean, he's talking about his own son here. This is horrendous stuff from an emotional point of view. But Abraham's faith is big enough to cope with this, which is why we're talking about him today. And Abraham said, I know God is faithful. I know God will fulfill the promises through Isaac, just as he has said. So there he is with Isaac. I, I feel Isaac, I mean, Isaac must have allowed this 117-year-old or however old he was to lay him on this sacrifice, you know, and he actually helped carry the wood up the mountain. I mean, come on now. Uh, Isaac must have been a young man of faith too. And there... Abraham is just about to plunge the knife into his son and, and God, through the angel, says, stop. He's tested his faith. Abraham was prepared to do it. And, of course, there was the ram in the thicket and he offers the ram instead. So he was prepared to do it, but, you see, the testing of his faith was that he was prepared to do. Now, God is not a God who tells us to kill our sons. Let's be absolutely clear about that. And God had no intention of allowing Abraham to kill his son. This was a test as to what he really believed. And he believed that God would definitely fulfill his promises, that they were irrevocable. And Abraham seemed to have a very uncomplicated faith. Well, I suppose he was living in a time where uh, things were less complicated as far as reason is concerned. I mean, people in the nomadic society that Abraham had lived, you, you had to trust God for your provision, trust the elements, trust, you know, uh, the circumstances that, that there would be supply for everything you, you need. And Abraham ended up a very wealthy man with all the things that he had. But that really came out of his trust and confidence for God. So um, he is a wonderful, wonderful example to us. And let's be absolutely clear, God is not going to ask any of us to kill our sons. But what he is asking of us is this. Will you, like Abraham, be prepared to trust what I have promised you, even given the fact that the circumstances seem to completely negate what I'm saying? Will you believe and trust me above and beyond the circumstances? You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 